This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, not to toot my own horn, and I'm sure if you've been following me for any amount of time now, you're already aware of this because I bring it up every now and then, but I've lost like 50-some-odd pounds over the past couple of years, uh, and I have not yet yo-yoed back up. I mean, I'm sure it's probably coming, but so far I'm keeping it together, but I'm not fully satisfied either. All I know I know what I got to do is I got to keep doing what I've been doing, but tighten down, you know, I don't need to make any massive changes to get where I want to be. That's not always the case, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a brand new you every time it's a new year. Sometimes you can just keep doing what you're doing and, you know, ramp it up a little bit. Around New Year's every year, we all get obsessed with how we can change ourselves completely instead of just expanding on what we already are doing right. And we all have something that we're doing right, right? Maybe you finally organized one part of your space. You want to tackle another. Maybe you're taking your supplement supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy can help you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick in your lifestyle. Joe, tell them about you and therapy. Boy, ain't that the truth, man. That's the thing that really helped me in therapy was understanding that you can move at your own pace and that everyone's struggle is different. Uh, and it really helped me manage my stress and not be so overwhelmed at all the things that I was seeing about myself that I knew needed to change. Uh, I, I don't think I could have done it alone. Uh, my therapist was able to give me tools that I literally use every day, whether it be your cliche things like, hey, Corey, count to 10. Uh, I know it sounds cliche, but having a a uh, uh, a person that's not you point some of these things out to you really, really helps. I've been able to take deeper breaths. I've been able to really work on myself. And uh, that wouldn't have happened if I did not gotten a hold of better help, mainly because I didn't want to leave my house and go anywhere. And that's the thing with better help. If you're thinking about starting therapy, just give better help a try because it's entirely online. Because if you're like me, you don't want to go somewhere. It's designed to be convenient, flexible. You can set up your appointments to whenever suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And by the way, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I personally, uh, we knocked it out of the park with my first therapist. But the thing is, is that, you know, sometimes you're going to, it's just not going to work out. For me, I had a therapist who sounded like me and who had a very similar upbringing. And I think that's very important. So you can flip around until you find one that's right for you. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash POA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash POA. Do it to it for you and your brain. Skew. Oh, what's up, Airheads? Welcome back. How you doing out there? We're back once again in the virtual Airstream studios. I'm Trey. This is my mustache, and that's Corey over there. His mustache not a hit with everybody. Some of y'all don't like it at all, and that's okay. It's your prerogative. You're allowed to do that. One douchebag who I think should die. I say some of y'all. Yeah. I say some of y'all. That person probably wasn't even an Airhead. I think they're just a fan of the Buttercream Dream or something, because Cho shared a podcast clip on his Instagram, and one of his stupid, stupid idiot fans uh, over there. I don't think they're a fan of me anymore. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that, this person really went in on me and Drew. It was a clip from the Well Rev podcast on our appearance. Said my uh, mustache was performative, as was his, uh, say, his poncho. Hey, say what you will. As much as I personally shit on you and Drew both, and y'all shit on me, mm -hmm. I 
was willing to lose a fan. I went in on that motherfucker. I was not about to have it. You know what I mean? Because y'all are like family. I'll say whatever the fuck I want about my sister, my mom, my dad. But if somebody else starts talking shit, I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on now. You don't know me like that. You keep... You keep calling. You keep saying that motherfucker, and I don't think he's the fan of me anymore. I didn't check. It's, I don't yeah, know. It's a, it's a woman. I'm about to say Drew was saying it was a woman. So yeah, yeah. I just wanted to clarify that. I, I, guess I didn't. It does look, sound better for you to be like, I let that motherfucker have it as opposed to yeah. you know that bitch or whatever. Like it's just well, a, <laughs> it's easier to swallow, especially considering our well, demographics. Yeah, and I guess the thing is, is that when it was someone like, don't get me wrong, dude women can be mouthy bitches on the internet, but usually mm. they don't go after people's appear, like dude's appearance. Like my female fans are like very inclusive, like, Hey, let your freak flag fly. So that just seemed like a dude to me. But yes, I think Drew went and then investigated them and was like, this is a woman. Uh, and because of some hangups in my life that I'm still getting over kind of pissed me off a little bit more. You know what I mean? Uh, Another thing that happened when Drew went and did that was, and this is so Raven, I've heard so many other people talk about this. If you fuck around, like, publicly making any kind of content or whatever on the internet, you will find this at some point. Like, it's, it happens all the time. Not universally. Plenty of people are not like this. But, like, Drew confronted that person, but in a, like, sarcastic way or whatever. But he, like, he, he like responded and was like, just yeah. so you know, this poncho's whatever. And as soon as he did that, this lady like backed way, way, oh, yeah. way off. Like a lot of these yeah. internet people that just say the shittiest things. Just say and then it. when the person actually responds, so they could play day back for Florida State with how fast yeah. they start backpedaling, dog. And that's what she did immediately. She was like, oh, well, now that you say that, I understand. I shouldn't have said that. And I'm sorry. And it, it's always so wild to me because it's like, I don't understand the person who like, like, why did you say that? Why'd you do that at yeah. all? If you were going to no so sense. easily come off of it, do you know what I mean? Right. Like, that's such a weird dynamic. It's like, I don't know, just wanting some kind of attention or acknowledgement it, or something. And then when they get it's it, why they're I've like, started, all right, you're, you're cool. You're all right. I, I don't understand. I, because that's happened so frequently, I've actually, like, changed my relationship with, like, trolls and people who shit talk because I've, I've like, grown to realize that so many of them literally i literally do just think that they want to see notifications pop up and get attention you know because mm -hmm. an even crazier thing that's happened before i learned like you dude used to like whether it was hecklers on stage or hecklers on videos especially if i'd had a little bit to drink but i don't drink as much anymore if someone gave me any type of negativity i turned into a bitch like i mm -hmm. but i would go i would go in on them like you mother you know hey say that to my goddamn face i'll stab you you know whatever the fuck i would say well I realized later, I was like, you know what? You know what would really piss these people off more? That doesn't piss them off. You're giving them exactly what they want. What if you are nice to them? You know what I mean? So anytime that happens and I happen to see it, I always just respond with, hey, thanks for watching or some shit like that. And what will happen sometimes is someone will like, comment like this is what passes for comedy nowadays this is the worst fucking shit i've ever seen blah 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 and i'll just i'll just respond with hey you know uh everything's not for everyone i'm still glad that you're here and i hope you have a wonderful day and dude sometimes that person will respond oh my god i didn't think you read these i'm a huge fan i actually love this video and i'm like then why did you what do you mean you're a huge fan and you, but it's, you wanted me because in their brain, like they're like, bait. I didn't think you'd see this. Yeah. Right. It's like bait. They think it's you're more crazy. likely to respond to that type of thing, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, 
Anywho, hey, you were talking about every plate earlier, and this isn't yeah. every plate, but it is food, and I wanted to bring it up. You see this here? Hold on. Can you see that? I kind of. There's corn. Okay. I can tell it's and corn. Sam, uh, it's I fish. To, okay. All right. Yeah. I want to tell you what I did because I think this is a super fancy meal. Um, Amber, I've been spoiling the fuck out of her. Like, I, I do it all the time, but this week, for some reason, well, you know, like, being in the kitchen is, like, my happy place. Yeah, like, me too. It's, it's, me too, it's but like see, but Katie, th that, like, is effective with Amber because, like, Katie I, could not give a shit less about food, like, at all, and it's always driven it's, me crazy. No, like, Amber, Amber loves it. Like, I'm telling you, yeah, dude, like, Katie don't like, care. It, it gets me so many points. Like she's even said before, she's like, I, she goes, uh, and, and I know she don't mean this, but she's like, I think I could forgive you for cheating on me upwards to like three times as long as you kept cooking like this. You know what I mean? Because she's like, she goes, I'll be honest, there have been times when you've pissed me off, but then like an hour later you made this meal and I was like, I'm not even going to bring it up. You know what I mean? And so like I do it for several reasons. I'm not a looker. You know what I mean? Not a looker, so I've always had to be funny. And if you can cook, too, it's like you can really, if you make a woman laugh and you feed her ass, like, she'll shut the fuck up, you know, every now and then. Like, she Not truly mine, will. I'm glad that that yeah. hits for some people. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, and I finally, I also, I also, we've had. Katie listens to the show. I don't, you know, you be talking a lot. Everybody knows she you do. know you be talking about. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean, uh, you know, won't shut up in terms of being on my ass all the time or nothing. I just mean, you know what I mean? I'm having like, I'm like having a pre argument with my wife live on this episode. Cause I know she's going to listen to it at some point in the future. So anyway, we can move on. <laughs> I'll, and just, me I'll and deal with this when it comes up. Yeah, anyway. that's fine. Amber, Amber doesn't listen to this. She hits yeah. harder than Katie in a couple regards. Um, yeah, but we, me and her, I've finally gotten across to her that like, Hey baby, Will you please get the fuck out of the kitchen when I'm cooking? Like, if you really appreciate all the stuff that I do for you, can you please um, just do me this one favor and get out of here? Because she wants, like, when I'm cooking, I don't know if it, I don't know how it is with you, but like everything is, I time everything out. It's like I get this out, I did that, but blah. And if if she comes in there and starts talking shit or like ask me a question, dude, I'm you know I get screwed up. But anyways, she's finally been like, okay, I'll leave you alone. Cause, cause one night I went, you remember that scene in The Shining when Jack Nicholson's just trying to write this fucking story and Shelly Duvall won't leave him the fuck alone. Uh -huh. And he just, he just pops off. I, I kind of did that. I ended up having to apologize. And again, I then gave her a perfectly cooked sous vide steak and she forgot about it. But anyways, I want to let you know what I had going on here. So that is salmon on a bed of porcini mushroom risotto and the corn what i've done here trey and i think this will really hit on hit for you it's my take on mexican street corn but i call it louisiana street corn because uh -huh. what it is is i've taken the corn i've covered the top with crema and parmesan cheese and then various new orleans spices old bay tony cha-chas all that stuff so you're getting a little bit of that mexican street corn flavor but more of a cajun feel that does hit. Uh, I know we're going to get an email about this if I don't mention it. Uh, the people of Maryland would string you up for calling Old Bay a New or Cajun New Orleans spice. But no, that's uh, true. But I those, meant the Tony Chachas part. Yeah, but those both, uh, both. I mean, those are probably those are arguably my two favorite spices. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tony Chachas, that's my shit. Yeah, that sounds like it hits <laughs> my my go to with corn. If I do corn like of my own accord, is 
I, just like a regular elotes, you know, a Mexican yeah. street corn thing, but off the cob, uh, like, I, like, like the solid, kids like it more solid than off the cob. I, I think it, I, like, I love a good piece of corn on the cob, but like, you saw it all off in a big ass bowl and just mix all them toppings up in it and just then you just eat it with a spoon. You can go harder, easier, I, I quicker it, on it, and it. Uh, I I find it to be uh, superior. Actually, um, I do still I agree like that it also cob. hits. I agree that it also hits, but not, but for me, my preferred method of corn is corn on the cob. Like I like the I like the 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 ritual of eating it. I like getting all the way in there. I like how it gets stuck in my teeth. I like flossing afterwards. Like I'm a cob boy. I've been when I was a baby. My mom and dad used to sit me in a chair and give me two of them mini corns, and I'd just sit there and fucking go at them with my toes just curled, sticking straight out, baby. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the opposite of curled, I think. But uh, no, 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 no. My feet are sticking straight <laughs> yeah. out. My toes are toes curled. curled. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, with my toes curled, like I'm like I was coming. You know what yeah. I mean? So, what do you got for us today? Uh, well, you know, on the Well Read podcast this past week, you uh, made a move that was trying to get us some clicks. You were talking about the Cat Williams thing, so I thought I would respond shortly in kind. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the um, the revelation that we all had, and I think this fits the show on two fronts, that one, Stephen Hawking was on the Epstein flight log. Uh, right. I've got some, I have, I have aggregated this week all of my favorite Stephen Hawking's memes and videos from both Instagram and Twitter. I would like to talk about that, how wild that situation is, and then... I want to at least briefly mention Mark's whole theory on the Epstein thing because it's it's something that stupidly I never thought of, but I think is worth noting. And I will mention that I think this fits the show because it's celebrities on an island, which is fancy, and Stephen Hawking falls into the fuck yo shit up Professor Cho. So I'm yeah, I mean these are all like the elites of the world. I think yeah. it definitely fits the show. I do think you should go last because I think it's hard to follow. You know the pedophile king of you know the twenty first <laughs> century or whatever. Oh, but, I wasn't uh, going to talk about all the pedophilia. You're making it political, Trey. Goddamn. Sure. Yeah. I just I'm just about a bunch of people having a good time. That. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was going to focus like on the snorkeling. Hey, um, come on, man. So this ain't that show. So. I'll say this on here. I had an idea to add this thing to my, I have a bit in my act. It's about white versus white trash or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and there's a thing where I talk about how, uh, like rich white kids, like I just don't buy into their, like their trauma. Right. I'm like, like rich white kids are like, you know, my mother was never very emotionally available when I was, you know, and, white trash kids like i got beat with a tire iron you know like it's just not the same thing right it's not no i thought about then trying to make a self-aware turn where i was gonna be like guys like i shouldn't do that i shouldn't diminish other people's trauma but that's just how white that's just how trash people are like trash people always just assume that you know rich people gotta have it good they can't ever experience anything bad they don't understand the struggle like we do like it's always like that i was gonna be like i got that but I haven't had the balls to do this. I was going to say something like, I guarantee you when all that Epstein shit came out, <laughs> there was some, <laughs> there were some people out there that got molested in a trailer that heard that. And were like, they got to go to an island. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 God damn. Yeah. I was in the back of my uncle's El Camino in Dothan. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Like they were snorkeling and shit. Like I know, you know, it's still like fun. But anyway, 
I he just reminded me of that Chappelle bit when he's just talking about like all the kids. And he goes, he goes, this man dr- gave you wine and jacked you off, and this is how you gonna treat the fucking fucker. <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyway, I still haven't done it. I had that idea once. I was at a bar with Drew and Mark. That's funny. And we, we were talking about Epstein and shit, and I went on this little thing about that, and I was like, God, that's funny. And they were like, yeah, you should write that down. And I did, and I knew where to put it and everything, but I just, I just haven't done it. But I need to at least attempt it. But anyway, you. You're going to show all these clips and stuff, which you fa- which are on Instagram, right? So you found and Twitter, yeah. You we've had Instagram clips before. We've never been able to show them because we're both we're both dumb and haven't been able to make Instagram work on our uh, computers. But you fixed. I think it. I figured so, it out. Yeah. So since you fixed it, before we get to all that, because this has nothing to do with any of that, I guess it's sort of kind of related. Now that I think about it, I've had an Instagram clip in the dock that I've wanted to okay. use for weeks. And haven't been able to because of that. Will you go into our dock and scroll down uh-huh. and until you find? I'm going to highlight it. If we're both in there at the same time, you should see. Mamaw Wild. Yeah, Mamaw Wild. Okay, hold share on, your screen and I is be the sound has to work or this will be utterly pointless. The so sound got, should we work. Have, we have to be able to hear it. Uh, also, okay. sorry, BPP is texting me through some other thing he's That's doing okay. right now that uh. Okay, hold on. Can you see my screen? Not yet, but okay, it's coming. Oh up no, now. it's coming <laughs> oh, up. No. Now. that ain't it. Oh no, that we're, ain't it. That ain't th- it. We're infinite. Oh god. Yeah. Oh god. How do I make it stop? Stop well, sharing. Well, Jesus Christ. That mirrors be doing that when I was like it seven or something. I yeah. was like, that's the wildest shit of all time. I'm, it, I, it is I the wildest like, shit sat in front of a hallway mirror holding another mirror just like poking yeah. my head up behind it and shit and moving it side to side for like probably two hours that was before we had xboxes these kids today i'll tell you what anyway uh yeah there you go man oh okay. now hold on wait oh <laughs> oh i think we're okay yeah, you're yeah. not, you're not <laughs> yeah, be showing them i know <laughs> they don't, I don't need to see this peek behind the curtain here you I click know, it first and then and then share it. <laughs> I know. I don't know how to make it not fucking do this. God so, damn it. Here's what you do. I can tell you what to do. Open the link in a new tab. And I then did. when you go to share your screen, share only that tab. Okay. You've got it open now. Yeah. Okay. It's going to have to. God damn it. Lots of to come around. I'm okay. One there. One here. One in the middle. I'm on there. And then, and one, then one over there. One, one there. And then we'd have two at the end. Um, all right, that's it. we're back. Oh my to god! Uh, so it, I just, I love this so much because this is like a clip from the Great British Bake Off where they show like the yeah. uh, contestants' home life. Like it's like edited similarly, and the music is similar, and all this stuff. Except the sweet old British Nana in question is talking about all the wild orgies she had, <laughs> where she got gang banged by a bunch of fucking Nigels and they all watched yeah. and jacked each other off and stuff. And she just stood in the middle like the, uh, like the Dickensian whore that she is, I guess. But that was, uh, I just thought 
that that was wild. You know, it's like it's, <laughs> people bring that up all the time. You know what I mean? They're like, you don't ever want to say anything improper in front of your mamma and stuff. Yeah. And then somebody's always there to point out. It's like, you know, your mamma nasty, right? Or at yeah, least yeah. You, you know, they invented you know, cussing. Yeah, right. Well, not just cussing. Sucking you know. dicks, yeah, licking buttholes, butt, butthole stuff, yeah, any kind. I mean, I guess maybe not all mammals. Hashtag not all mammals. No, man. eat ass. <laughs> Dude, they would. But, they won't even eat a steak unless it's well done. Yeah, you know right, what I mean? Yeah, like right. they ain't but, all eating ass. But still, some of them was you know filthy, filthy sluts, whores, yeah, and whore, yeah, right. And that's okay. And now they're and like this, now they bake cookies for the entire church group or whatever. And you know you forget that. Well, there's. Well, this, listen uh, to me. Clip, when I, you know, reminds us all of this uh, fact. There's genres on Pornhub where there's still some there's some grandmas in their baking cookies age that are still going at it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're they're horny as ever. You know, some of these uh, ladies. I like how she said that. You know, she pointed out her favorite part of the whole experience was uh, watching them suck each other's cocks. Like it's just. <laughs> Said so prim and proper like that too. It's just so wild because it's like you know, I just if you love get like watching this, them suck each other's cocks. cocks. It's so pleasant, isn't it? You know, but like hearing like a fucking trailer like, mammal trailer mammal say that is not it. No, it hits not different. Cute. It's still yeah, yeah, right. It's like yeah, it's just like yeah. Watch each, I watch them suck each other's dicks and stuff. You know, that's what <laughs> yeah. I like, dude. You just reminded me of uh, when me and Robbie were. And we were in Panama City when we were like, I don't know, I was 18, so Robbie was 20 or whatever. And we didn't have any money at all. It was way late in the night, and we were fucking starving. And we were like, you know what? Let's just start walking to the gas station, and we'll see if something happens, right? We're walking to the gas station. I swear to God, five minutes later, I just stepped on a $20 bill. Like I yeah, just that makes I, sense it, it, to me because yeah. it's you and telling so, the story. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had that, and then we're like, God damn, this is great. So we go to the gas station, and we get Pringles and cigarettes, right? And then, you know, we still got like $10 left over. And on our way back, we're like, man, this night couldn't get any better. And this fucking mammal wearing like a goddamn Tasmanian devil T-shirt as a dress, you know, as they yep. do. Uh -huh. She comes up to us, and she's like, hey. Y'all got five dollars? I'll show you my titty nipples and everything. Lord. And we were like, and we were like, and dude, I swear to God, it's funny because that Ron White bit had just become a thing where he's like, yeah. if, you've, if every yeah. man wants to see every pair of titties, like, thank you, ma'am, I'll roll them back up. Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, fuck yeah. So we gave her five dollars, and she pulled her fucking titties out, and dude, she had, I mean, mammal hangers, and at the bottom, she had them pierced, and they looked like fucking door knockers, dude. So Lord we God. went from having no money to 20 bucks, Pringles, cigarettes, and seen a mammal's titties. That's the show. That's quite the 180. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> indeed it is. Well, all right. Well, what I want to talk about, you're going to know where I'm going immediately. So uh -huh. don't, don't, uh, don't spoil it. Some people probably also have heard this before too, but we were talking about this recently and I decided then and there that I was going to talk about it on the show, but I, a recurring theme or era of uh, uh we talk about here on poa is the golden age of hollywood and that's where i'm gonna try living in this particular episode a uh somewhat obscure but definitely largely remembered and fondly remembered icon 
of the golden age of Hollywood who went by the name of Iron Eyes Cody. Iron yeah. Eyes Cody <laughs> was uh, the preeminent Native American character actor for upwards of 60 years in Hollywood, starting in the early 30s. He made out, you know, Hollywood used to just be nothing but Westerns and gangsters yeah. and musicals. Like, we need right? to get back to that. That's pretty much all they ever made, right? Uh, I mean, especially we could do with some more Westerns again. And when they made Westerns, you know, they needed some Indians, right? Which was difficult on account of we had previously killed all the Indians, yeah, right? Except because for of few. what the movie was portraying right. had actually exactly. happened. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you're going to make a movie <laughs> about how we killed all the Indians, it's hard to find some Indians to fake kill in the movie about having killed all the Indians. But still, yeah. they somehow managed to make it work. This guy um, was in, again, like over a hundred movies, and I'm pretty sure he played an Indian in every one of them. For the first 18 years of his career, he only was ever credited as Indian or Indian chief. You know what I mean? Like his characters didn't even have a name. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Right. And then he played in 1948, he finally played like a primary antagonist role in a movie starring Bob Hope and Jane oh, wow. Russell. Yeah. Which I guess was a big We're off on the road to a chokey. <laughs> I guess it's uh I guess this was a big movie in 48. Uh what was it called? It was Pale Face, naturally. Oh yeah. Pale. Yeah. You know about Pale Face? Yeah, my, Pale my Face. dad I I've never seen it, but I know about it because my dad is like He's the biggest Bob Hope fan you've ever met in your life. Like, Dad knows every... He's seen all those movies. They were always playing when I was a kid. What Did you say your dad's the biggest Bob Hope fan or Western yeah. fan? Yeah. What? Well, both. Both. But he loved Bob... Like, Bob Hope is, like, Dad's all-time favorite comedian. Really? Like he's, yeah, dude. He is a fucking... Because it's not just, like... Let's take a little like, diversion here. Cause okay. I, so, you were probably more versed in Bob Hope uh ology sure. than most other modern comics we're all aware of bob hope and what his the whole deal was i reckon but i feel like generally he only gets brought up in the context of like he was like the prototypical safe mainstream yeah. uh you know american comedian who was inoffensive and innocuous and all that stuff for you know 60 years uh and that's really it so sure well, well I mean, the thing what, about what? Bob Hope, the thing about Bob Hope is though that that you have to understand is that <clears throat> number one, when my dad was a kid, the only time you saw like stand up comedians was on Carson, you know, and that wasn't all the time. Um, there wasn't specials coming out all the time, so like having a favorite comedian back then was a little bit different, and it was all about like pretty much who was there more often and what you have to understand about Bob Hope is that it's not just that he did these comedy movies and did comedy on the radio. He was essentially like when we grew up, it was Billy Crystal who hosted every fucking award show. Well, that was Bob Hope back in the right, day. Like right. Bob Hope was everywhere. So not only was Bob Hope always hosting 
the Golden Globes or whatever the fuck it was. Bob Hope was also constantly on television doing specials. He had all the movies with Bing Crosby, which were comedy movies, right? Um, he was just in your living room all the time. And then you consider the fact that Bob Hope started the, um, oh, what's it called? I want to do it. When you go uh, entertain the troops. Uh, USO the tours. USO, USO tours. tour. Right. The USO tour. So, you know, when my dad was a kid, like being, you know, they, I, I don't want to say that like they were better patriots than us, but like it was very USA, USA. You know, all the all the the goddamn propaganda, like there was nothing to combat the propaganda that was the American war machine. You know what I mean? Like nowadays we like if we invade a country, we immediately have investigative journalists on Twitter telling us why we shouldn't have done it and all the war crimes we've committed. Well, back then that didn't exist. So Bob Hope is not only this movie star who does all the roasts and does all this, he's the face of the goddamn American military as it pertains to comedy. So he was just larger than life. And my dad got to know him when my dad was a super young guy, you know? So like the only comedy my dad would have been watching was this safe for children type shit. And his dad was into Bob Hope and therefore my dad was into Bob Hope. But were you into Bob Hope? When I was a kid, I, um, I like, do you know, Bob Hope bits and material and stuff? No, no. I I mean, I like when, if I was to see one, I'd be like, I remember where he's going with this because I've definitely seen a lot of it. When I was a kid, um, I think what it is, is that you can't really be into that dude because I didn't have the context. Like a lot of Bob Hope stuff was not evergreen. He did a lot of topical humor. So like he would be telling a joke and the punchline was just the name of some McCarthy era senator. Eisenhower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be shit like that. Eisenhower chunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, and that was another thing, too. Uh, so Bob Hope definitely in real life, like ended up being a huge conservative dude. But like he would in his early stuff, like he would take a swing at both sides. And of course, back in those days, like the line between the sides was way more blurred than it is oh, now. Yeah. You know what? Oh, I mean? yeah. You know what I mean? Like, dude, people could literally run as one or the other and it wouldn't matter. They wouldn't have to change their goddamn platform. Um, so, but when I got older and I really started to study comedy, I do love the road to movies with him and Bing Crosby, mainly because it's just, I like that slice of what that American life was. It's like, I'm nostalgic for a time that didn't even exist. And also they remind me of my dad. So that's really cool. But like, no, if you go back and watch the Bob, old Bob Hope bits, they're not going to make sense, but I can appreciate them now because I understand more about the historical context. And I do believe that like, he had it like he had charisma. He had great stage presence. And I do on occasion listen to a lot of his old like Colgate hour radio shows because that's one of my favorite channels on Sirius is the radio classics. And I really enjoyed I really do enjoy the stuff. But like I'm enjoying it because I want to hear this old time shit and I'm enjoying it as a like, man, can you believe this is what comedy used to be? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, all right. Well, so I didn't know that Bob Hope, I didn't know Bob Hope ever played a cowboy in Western movies and shit, yeah, frankly. he did everything, man. But yeah, I mean, evidently. And so I guess this is a pretty big movie called Pale Face. And our, our man here, he played in it. And he played a character, a primary character whose name was Chief Iron Eyes. And that name would stick for the rest of his film career, which is also funny to me that it's like, right. he just, 
adopted the name of his most popular character and it's then like Arnold being bat. the Terminator. It, yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. Or call, yeah, like Colin Kurt Russell's like, I'm Snake Pliskin from now on. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, credit yeah. me as Snake Pliskin. You know, uh, that would be weird, but yeah. you know, everything was weirder back then. Also, if you were like the number one Indian in Hollywood, I guess nobody thought twice about that kind of thing. But anyway, like I said, he did over a hundred movies. He did all the shows, you know, he did Bonanza, Gunsmoke. He did all that. He was the guy in 1983. He got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, his body of work spanning from the 30s to the 80s, playing those roles, led to him being dubbed by near and wide by uh, everyone as America's favorite Indian. But all that aside, uh, esteemed Hollywood career, he worked with, of course, John Wayne, Steve McQueen, John Ford, Cecil B. DeMille, Bob Hope, everybody. He worked with everybody, over 100 films, all this. Today, what people mostly remember him for is arguably the most famous PSA of all time, an anti-littering PSA from the 1970s, where someone is driving down an American superhighway and throws a bunch of litter out their window, and it lands on the feet of a stoic Indian chief who, for some reason, is standing beside this interstate highway, and the camera pans up, and he turns and looks at the camera, and a single solitary tear rolls down his face yes this same guy iron eyes cody is the crying indian from the fa world famous psa from the 70s so you know did pretty good america's favorite indian indeed but here's the thing y'all turns out he weren't any kind of indian at all he wasn't what? one ounce indian that's right no he was in fact a spaghetti person <laughs> whose people came from sicily Right. And uh, named Espera de Corte. Right. And uh, and he just got into this Indian stuff through sheer luck. But again, back then, you know, they weren't worried about representation. Of again, course, it was hard to find people to play Indians. They were looking anywhere for somebody that could play an Indian. Right. And they were like, yeah, you look Indian enough. Right. There was a lot then, of Mexicans. And it, yeah, a whole lot of Mexicans. Yeah, it's like which uh, I mean checks like that, out. That Chris Rock bit that he did in the '90s. He was like, "That ain't Pocahontas. That's Jennifer Lopez." You yeah. know, it's like I can't just take replace Indians with Puerto Ricans and expect nobody to notice. But uh, yeah, it they was do. like that. What were you about to say? I, I was saying that they do, but like I, what I meant oh, earlier was like when they replaced them with Mexicans. Like I'm, it's not right, but like you know. They do be looking similar enough to put in Hollywood movies, especially when, like, as you said, it's kind of hard to find a shit ton of them. Like, I at least, you know, understand that one a little bit. They were from near the same place, you know, but spaghetti, that's way over there. It's way over there. Right. But so I left out some details purposely from his, like, story and autobiography, because in my opinion, these are funnier when you know the twist already. Yeah, yeah. So he had a whole, again, this guy was like, you know, very well known and pretty damn popular. And like, he had a whole backstory. He published an autobiography, right? About his life as America's favorite Indian, right? And in his autobiography, he claimed uh, that he had been born Oscar Cody, but went by Little Eagle uh, <laughs> on a farm somewhere in the Oklahoma Territory. Somewhere right? there. He said his mother was a typical Cree Indian who was, quote, strict with us in the sense of observing customs and propriety. I assume that's how he said it. You know, of course I'm, he did. Yeah, right. 
and uh, that his dad, his daddy, were a Cherokee. She made us drink from the creek. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. yeah we wore the feathers in our hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have hit a little different if he'd been talking like that. But uh, he says father was a Cherokee by the name of Thomas Longplume Cody. These are all bow, bow, like bow. these are good. You know, good details. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in the 40s. It's like, you know, oh, all yeah. this was playing like a motherfucker. Of like course. Thomas Longplume, Cody, fucking uh, Little But nobody Eagle. questioned that. They're like, like, wait a minute. Iron Eyes Cody was his character's name. But you're telling me that that's actually his well, fucking shoot name. Chief Iron Eyes was the yeah. character's name. He oh, was. Right. He claimed that his birth name was Oscar Cody. Okay, okay. Which is also not true, but he claimed his birthday was Oscar Cody. Then after he played that character, he started going by Iron Eyes Cody from there on out. Uh, but, like, this, he kind of doesn't not hit for Indians despite right. this. Because, right. like, it, in spite of the fact that he was making it all up and was just, like, you know, arguably a full-blown delusional lunatic, right? Right. He uh, he still, like, went about it in a way that real Indians appreciate to they this respect, day. Because right. he, he was wasn't like, doing it for comedy. He wasn't, uh, like, he was kind of a cultural ambassador for Native Americans at the time, and he, like, pushed back against common misconceptions and stereotypes about Indians, right? This and makes he would, him like, crazier. He would, I know, right? He's like, you don't talk about my people that way. And it's not even his people. It's weird. But he would like, you know, he would push back on directors and try, try to get them to show, you know, actual complex Indian characters right. rather than just like the silent, stoic, warrior, brave stereotype or fucking, or whatever. There's just that type of shit. That was I him keep... shoving uh, Stromboli into his fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he married uh, he married a Native American woman in 1936 who was uh, she was I, I, at the time I don't know she I had to have found out later but they uh, she was a fem America's first female Native American archaeologist. The two of them hosted a TV show about Native American history together. Like you know, like he I mean. He walked the walk, despite right. being an utter fraud, right? And like right. when that when that uh, crying Indian commercial came up, right? So first of all, I, I thought this was interesting because this is before our time. We know about the crying Indian commercial, and we think about it makes all the sense in the world to us, right? Like, yeah, of course. E even as a kid, we see that you commercial got it immediately. You got it immediately. You're like. It's a perfect Indian, commercial. Indians appreciate the land and right. nature and all that type of stuff. But like that was not always the the like perception of them. That really only really? happened in like the city. I'm not saying that they didn't. I, I, I'm not saying that they didn't actually appreciate that. No, I know, you know but that wasn't shit, the perception. Like, no, that kind of happened after like uh like the hippie movement, right? Because right. you, know, you know, like they, to this day, hippies fucking love. Indians, dog, so much, and rednecks love Indians too. And like you know, yep. like my my buddy Thompson, fucking, uh, he's a redneck who was raised by hippies. And when I tell you that boy loves Indians, goddamn, he loves Indians. Yeah, he does. Can't, can't believe his firstborn wasn't named playing ball Thompson or something like that. <laughs> like fucking, like they love Indians. But anyway, the after the hippie movement 
like I said earlier, before that, Indians were either like they were either, you know, scalping ass savages, right? Right. Or drunks. They were, like I said, stoic warrior, uh, you know, that type, right. whatever, but silent, strong, silent type or whatnot. And it was only after coming out of the hippie movement and shit in the, uh, in the late sixties and seventies that native Americans were beginning to be like their public perception shifted to like peaceful nature right. loving, you know, like nature hits for them. And apparently that PSA itself was a huge, huge part of, of, uh, that whole thing. Well, it's um, funny too, because it's I said like, he was standing by a road. This article that I read said that, no, he's uh, not standing by a road. This he article is. I read said it features him paddling a canoe. Does he canoe no. out of there? No, he stands. Somebody throws litter on, on the, the side st- of the road. This is right? about to be some Mandela effect because I can see I it right now. Me too. Me too. So and I, a piece of litter lands and he turns around and sir, looks at the car and I is crying. I remember it too. Play well, it. We're, we're going to take another diversion because I'm going to just play this real quick. Yeah, uh, please. Now, there might have been a couple different ones, but the one that I know, he's standing up, stoic. Can you see this? Yes, this about to blow my motherfucking mind if this feller is in a canoe. Well, okay, maybe he gets okay. out of the canoe and goes to a road. Yeah, that has to be it. Because I, but I'm funny, like, I don't I'm even like, remember this part. There's trash in the water. This hold on. Is. is there not a road? Shut up! No, no, no. Some people have a deep abiding respect for the Again, natural spaghetti person. Here's the road. This country. Here's the road. Yeah. This is the shot okay. right here. And some people don't. People start okay. pollution. Okay, people so we were just remembering I'm the end you, of it. I know I was about the, to freak that's out the too. Part. It's the right. still shot of him crying. I'm telling you, dude, I was literally about to have a panic attack. Right. Because, yeah. like, I've been reading a lot while we're on this diversion. I've been reading a shit ton about the Mandela effect. I follow it on Reddit, and like, some, like, the cornucopia one with the fruit of the loom fucked me up. And, you know, you every now and then you hear a lunatic spouting a conspiracy theory, but you're like, holy shit, I think this one's true. Somebody was talking about it was Rogan. It was fucking Rogan. And he was talking about how there's a theory. That the Mandela effect, all these little things, is a is a government controlled psyop to just see how much of our history they can rewrite and then gaslight us into thinking that we were wrong the whole time. So they're starting with all these little inconsequential things just to see how it goes. And then eventually it's gonna be like, No, Reagan went in the hood and tried to take all the crack away. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Right. Shit like that. I mean, you know. I buy it, dude. It's an interesting like, thought. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because, dude, the cornucopia was there. That's how I, that literally is how I found out what a cornucopia was. I asked my mom what this shit on my Fruit of the Loom underwear tag was. And she says, that's a cornucopia. You put them out at Thanksgiving sometimes. I know. Well, for me, the number, the main one was, uh, here's the thing, though. Berenstain Bears. For me, that has always been the number one one was Berenstain Bears, right? It's yeah. like, I, I would have bet I had a joke every penny to it. my name that it was Berenstain Bears, not Berenstain or it whatever. It was. And, but having said that, some of the other ones, though, some of the other popular ones, like, I don't... Um, yeah, like the Mandela one itself, I'm like, I don't remember him dying. Me neither. There's one about... Um, 
I guess there's one about uh, Sinbad playing a genie. Yeah, in a, that was that was Shaq. Right. See, I that too. That one too. I don't. I I read that one. And I'm like, yeah, I got nothing for you on. That's I don't just know what people the, I don't confusing what, Shaq and Sinbad. But they're not even remotely. <laughs> I how agree. Could you confuse any human, confuse any human being with Shaq. <laughs> but like, but uh, he's like the most singular human who's ever lived, probably. Uh, but um, and Sinbad is also equally as recognizable on the other end, you know, especially in the nineties. So yeah, yeah, like some of them I hear, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell y'all. Y'all just y'all y'all don't know what you're talking about. But some of them, like the Berenstein Bears one, yeah, I'm like, that shit is wild. So I don't know. It's wild. Anyway, back to Cody. This motherfucker came so, so close to getting away with this forever. Mm -hmm. He was 92 years old when the goddamn Times-Picayune newspaper, which I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's New Orleans. It's a new, the, the, the new newspaper of New Orleans for some reason. Well, actually, I say for some reason. It's because his people had originated in New Orleans, it turns out. Right. But the New Orleans Times-Picayune in 1996, when he was 92 years old, out of nowhere, they published this bombshell report that said, hey, y'all, America's favorite Indian, that motherfucker ain't even Indian, <laughs> right? And uh, they had all the details and stuff. Like, again, he was the son of two spaghetti people immigrants, Antonio <laughs> de Corte, and his hey. wife, Francesca Sapietra, right, who had, come to, who, had, who had come to New Orleans around the turn of the 20th century. They had four children together, including Espera de Corte, who they sometimes did call <laughs> Oscar, who would one day be referred to as Iron Eyes Cody, right? He, of course, <laughs> he denied all of this, right? And they called him to get his comment. The paper called him to get his comment on it. And his and his comment was, you can't prove it. All I know is I'm just another Indian. That's what he said. <laughs> That's perfect. Sticking to his guns or his arrows. As arrows, sticking, yeah. Sticking to his bow and arrows, as the case may be. But uh, they, at the same time, they did track down one of his siblings, a sister, and she ratted him smooth out. I don't know what her problem was with him, but she, his sister put him on front street and told the world that, you know, he, they were in fact spaghetti people. They had ended up, they went from new Orleans to Texas and ended up in Hollywood because they're, listen to how spaghetti this shit is. They only <laughs> ended up in Hollywood because their dad, uh, Antonio DeCarthy, right. He had a, he had to flee the state of Texas after a run in with a mafioso <laughs> there. So he was on the run from the mob and changes that. Listen to this too. Changed his name from Antonio DeCarthy to Tony Cordy, right? Which is like, <laughs> yeah, I never figured that out. Bob. <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah, I don't know anybody's ever going to parse that cipher no. you've put together there. But uh. yeah, uh, big Tony. Anyway, so they, they moved to Hollywood on the run from the mafia, apparently. Again, don't get more um, <laughs> spaghetti. spaghetti than that. And, uh, and, and he he gets in start, gets into these Indian roles, and then next thing you know, he's just cosplaying as an Indian full time, and like talks himself into believing he's an Indian. And then the, the, where I started reading it, like people, this article that came out at the time, where they were people were talking like, why would anybody, why would any you know white guy or European basically right. like in the thirties, twenties and thirties, like pretend to be. A you know a brown skinned Indian, it doesn't make any sense. It's a good and point. Like, to me, it's a very good point. And then this is where they sort of lose me a little bit because it's like, I guess they're making the argument. They were like, well, you. They said that they speculated that it may have been. Uh, I actually I said they speculated. His sister, the sister they tracked down, said that 
she thought he had always wanted to be an Indian because, quote, she thought he sympathized with an oppressed people and knew firsthand about hardship and persecution because in the turn of the 20th century whatnot, Italians were also persecuted in America, right? And they were treated poorly and whatnot. But I'm sorry, but I hear this. And I'm like, well, pump the brakes a little bit. All right. Like I know, I know y'all may not have hit for people in right. the early 1900s, but you weren't Indians. A spaghetti right, people, dude. like not, not even fucking all. close, not even close to Indians, not even close to black people, right? Like, dude, I mean, not many people have been close to Indians in that regard. Again, right. again, where they at? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I know. So you know, uh, but so uh, he he also was quoted later, or she. She was quoted as saying that he tried to like he took some of those roles, but he didn't like you know make the full turn at first. But then he said it was. She said it was only after he quote turned a hundred percent Indian that he became <laughs> successful. So you know, got to go big or go home. Um. So yeah, and he also, for the record, he never ever ever acknowledged it, never admitted to it. I say never again. Of he was not. not. He was 92 when it came out in 96. He died in 93. Or I'm sorry. He died in 99, at, three years later at the age of 95. So for the last three years of his life, from 92 to 95, it was out there that he was actually a, a secret spaghetti man, and he never acknowledged it, but it has since been, like, proven. But, however, again, to his credit, like uh, Native American communities and stuff have on repeated occasions, like, honored him and uh -huh. singled singled him out in, in appreciation for his longstanding contribution and his charitable deeds and all that stuff. And in one of these press releases from a Native American community in 95, they said that, quote, his charitable deeds were far more important than his non-Indian heritage. So, you know, again, I guess he made it work. Went full. It's like you know that it's like a, a Avatar or Dances with Wolves or something like that. Yeah. Like <laughs> this dude, like really he really turned Indian and like, right. and did it and like gained right. the acceptance of the Indians in it's the process and learned their ways. Right. All this stuff. That's the like, thing is like, you know, weird. he kind of lived like the cliche Indian movie. Right. While being the preeminent Indian actor who wasn't of, you know, most of the 20th century. It's pretty wild. That's, ass so goddamn, that's fucking super wild. But also it's like, you know, Going back to what you were saying, like he really was an ambassador for them, and like a lot of good things happened to the perception of Native Americans because of him. And like at the end of the day, like I'm sure the the Native Americans had to be like, okay, but like does it does him not being one outweigh all the good that he did? Because I'll give you an example right now to think about. What if we found out tomorrow that Dolly Parton? was from California. What if we found Ailed. out? What if I'm just saying, what if we found out on her deathbed that Dolly Parton was from California? Do we go, well, fuck her forever or do we go I no, I you know what? She did such good representing us that I don't care. Yeah, I, I mean, I think every Tennessean in existence would just live in denial for the rest of our lives. That's what I think. I think we'd refuse to even acknowledge that 
that had happened or was true. That's what we've always done with Peyton Manning's right uh, training room assault allegations. So That's you know true. we've got we've got some practice with that. So we do. You know, but I think I'm just could... saying, like, I, there there would be a huge part of me that would go, man, I respect Dolly even more because that is quite the ruse to pull. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fucking amazing. But like, yeah, I don't know because again, the guy didn't ever play it for comedy and. Also, I would like to say this. This is this is a little bit different than like Hollywood was always hiring people that weren't Native American to play Native Americans. He told Hollywood that he were Native American. Right. You know what I mean? So like in right. their mind, they actually did the right thing for the first time ever. And then turns out they didn't. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I mentioned I did mention that he didn't want to do that famous commercial. Right. I mentioned that. No, I know. I, you didn't mention that. Okay, I thought I'd, I meant to. Anyway, I thought it was funny. He initially they had to talk him into it. He didn't want to do it because quote Indians don't cry. That's what he said. Shit. Right. Maybe well, they I mean, don't. He's the only I one I've ever seen do it. I, that's about what I was about to say. The only Dude. reason you th- the only reason, like everybody knows Indians cry. It's like, but why though? Mostly matter because of, fact, of that fucking commercial. Right. When you think Dude, about it, <laughs> matter of fact, in Killers of the Flower Moon, they're doing some trifling shit to them, and I don't see one of them cry. Right. They don't. Like they're I not mean, also, he seemed to be something of an expert, you know, right. despite being spaghetti. So if he says Indians don't cry, maybe they don't cry. But, you know, it was overall, it was for, a, you know, for the greater good. Uh, it would make the, sense the for Indians not to cry because of their whole, like, spirituality on, like, I feel like a lot of Native Americans, like, they the way that they treat death is like, good, you're one with the earth now, and we shall light a fire, and your spirit will all be with us. So, like... Yeah, a lot of their stuff kind of makes me think, why would they cry? He's right, I think. Also, I think, dude, you get past a certain point of fucking horror and tragedy. As a people, you probably, you know, stop crying. I mean, like, it's not exactly the same thing, but, you know, like, the entire nation of Japan essentially became atheist after we bombed them because we killed their God. Right. Because like after that happened, they were like, well, clearly there is no God, which is an insane thing to think about. Uh, but so, you know, yeah, I would, I would believe someone told me like, yeah, Indians don't cry, but it's so funny. We're having this conversation sincerely and I'm sure there's someone listening who at least claims to be, you know, oh, one eighth well, or whatever Indian who's going to tell us it's like Indians cry. Of course they do. They're human beings. I know they're capable of crime, but you know, they're they just don't, they don't grow facial are. hair though. Right. Right. That's a thing. That's why my dad claims that he can't grow a good beard. Cause you know, the one sixteenth part of it. I'd like developed a theory once about these brothers who are part of our friend group in the Salina boys. You know, it's a thing. It's a stereotype. People claim to be part Indian and these guys never did. And I like came to them and was like, I'm pretty sure you guys are Indians. Because <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't, they were dark complexion, couldn't grow they, a beard. They were dark complexion, couldn't grow a beard for nothing. I mean, well into their 20s. I mean, shit, we're all pushing 40 now. And I, I think they still can't grow much of a beard to this day. Uh, but they claim to, you know, again, going against the grain here, they claim adamantly to not be any part Cherokee. So I can't grow a good beard and I'm as pale faced as they come. All right, well, we got, I've got about 30 minutes, Cho. My wife ain't okay. home, and then that's when the kids get out of school. So I got 30 minutes to talk about Stephen Hawking loving underage little people or wherever this Come is going. Come on. Sorry. What? Come on. <laughs> God damn, man. I thought that that was already, I thought that wasn't an actual thing. That was an actual thing? Uh, yeah, I think, I'm, yeah. Of course, I was, I'm doing a bit here. I'm doing right. a fucking bit here. I don't give a shit. Bury the motherfucker. Um, 
Well, yeah, we'll talk about that right after this. Sizzle your way into the new year with help from every plate. Add a 10-ounce ranch steak to your weekly order for just $1 per box. While your subscription is active, get $1.49 per meal plus $1 steaks for life with the code 49POA at everyplate.com slash podcast. That's the code 49POA at everyplate.com slash podcast. When you take a closer look at what it means to be royalty, you'll see that it comes at the expense of everything else, like your freedom, your privacy, and sometimes even your head. On Wondery's new podcast, Even the Royals, they pull back the curtain on royal families past and present from all over the world, and you can listen for free wherever you get your podcasts. From one of the most infamous royals in history, Marie Antoinette, but everything you know about her is wrong. After she became queen at just 19 years old, she ended up in a battle with the French press that started a series of impossible-to-believe events. It's history's greatest smear campaign, and it had deadly consequences. Tell them about some more, Cho. Uh, yeah, how about Catherine Medici? History branded her as a cold and power-obsessed manipulator, saying she was responsible for one of the most devastating massacres in French history. But she was an orphan who spent her life as a powerless hostage, and her determination to rise to power led to some, uh, well, pretty dark places and desperate measures. Sure, follow even the Royals on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can even binge even the Royals ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex, guys, wieners and stuff. Y'all remember back in the days when you were always ready to go anytime, day or night, just after you just went even, you was always down to ride or be road, whatever the case may be. You get older and that changes a little bit. We've all been there, right? We're all, some of us are there currently, you know, she's giving you that look and you're like, baby, you know, you need to give me an extra hour or 35 before I'm up for that again. Well, it don't have to be that way, guys. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew. Dot com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead to get down or be ready to get down whenever an opportunity comes up. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And that's the best part. It's all done down there on the internet there. No more visits to the doctor's office. No awkward wiener conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy with your high school principal or whatever. BlueChew's tablets are made right here in the U.S. of A. Prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package. They're hard to beat, ain't they, Cho? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? The only thing that ain't hard to beat is, well, you get it. Listen, I was hoping you'd get Blue there. Chew, yeah. I sure did. Blue Chew makes your dick harder than trying to comprehend thermodynamics, my friend. Does it work? Absolutely. Your weenie will be stiffer than your socks when you were 12 years old. hey oh, I'm telling you, just try it for a month and see. Listen. Uh, you know, look, okay, it's all mental sometimes. My weenie does his own thing. Sometimes I'm stressed out. Well, guess what? When I take a blue chew, I ain't got to worry about getting my weenie ready for the job. He shows up hard hat in hand, ready to go. You could be missing out on the best sex of your life with blue chew men everywhere excited to see the postman because when he brings that little 
anonymous white envelope. That means it's time to get it on and blow a back out, my friend. This is great, too, because you don't have to go to the pharmacist. I personally know my pharmacist. And while I'm certain she understands that there's nothing wrong with my weenie, I just want an extra boost. Now I don't even have to deal with that whole thing. There's nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you the confidence where it counts. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it, and we got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free. That's absolutely free. When you use our promo code POA at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That is $5 for the hardest weenie with the least effort you've ever had in your life. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code POA to receive your first month for free. Visit, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this podcast and giving us a brand new dick. Skew! And we are back. Trey, I don't know if you've heard the news, but it's a pretty big deal. Uh, now, and I'm going to do this without getting political. We don't like to talk about controversial things. Um, but the Jeffrey Epstein flight log was finally released. Now, there was a couple things that were redacted, uh, but so you saw this, correct? Yeah, I was going to say, as far as it being political, as far as it, it seems like it is, or at least should be, a completely bipartisan thing. Agreed. Because, like, two of, you know, two of, the biggest uh, names on either side of the political spectrum in this country were both prominently represented right. in this list. Now, currently one of the sides is just ignoring that their guy was on it somehow, but they both were on it. And so, you know, what are you going to do? It's like, uh, thank, you know, lacking, Blacking young ass just transcends political sure ideologies does. and whatnot, I guess. It's the thing that truly brings people together if you're into that. Seems like once you get to be a certain, I don't know, dude. I Like, I think rich and powerful men since the dawn of time yeah, buddy. have been trying to, you know, Pork youngins, not like yeah. but some of them, like little, you know, some of them like kid kids. That's right. pretty common too. But I mean, especially if you're talking about like, bro, you remember we were in our memory when we yeah. were like teenagers and stuff. Jailbait. There was whole jailbait <laughs> magazines and, and, and porn t- categories stuff. You could still find it. I'm certain. Barely legal. Huge thing. They used mainstream men's magazines used to have countdowns to yeah. like the, the Olsen, Olsen twins. twins 18th birthday. It'd be like two years out. And they're like, we are counting down to when they turn 18, when it's legal to talk about fucking them or whatever. And this is when, this is when me and you were yeah. teenagers, whatever. It's not right. that long ago. So like, I mean, bro, like we, only recently have people even started to act like, right. Or not act like, I shouldn't say act like, acknowledge, acknowledge that right. it ain't cool or that it's fucked right. up yeah, for it older still dudes happens. to want to fuck barely legal jailbait. Because like, yeah. up until very, very recently, everyone was just like, yeah, it hits for all of us, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, because like the, the grossness, the grossness still goes on. Like, I mean, they did that to uh, Eleven from uh, Stranger Things. Like, I saw the countdowns for that one, but yeah, you're right. Now people go, uh, I don't know about that, Greg. Like, you probably shouldn't be doing yeah. that shit. By the way, tiny diversion. I'm pretty sure this is true. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is true. Uh, do you know who originated the term jailbait? No, uh, Larry Flint. No. 
Errol Flynn. You almost got the name well, right. That's weird. That's weird because that, that has nothing. Weird. They're not at all related, but it no, is but one letter phonetic, off. It is phonetically similar. Yeah. Yeah. Errol In Flynn, what context? Errol like, Flynn was super into young women and it was like, a, a you know, a known Hollywood. I don't even say secret. Like it was public and people just didn't give a shit. And I'm pretty sure there was a trial at one point that was fucking total kangaroo court and shit. And Errol Flynn, I, I think at one point said, he's like, well, you got to get these women away from me. They're jailbait or something like that. And then it became a popularized thing to say like a 17 year old girl jailbait. Yeah. Yeah. I will also say that like everything we just said was true. And I'm not just saying this to give myself any kind of pat on the back. I can remember once being in college at a, we, we used to throw parties all the time at, our houses, apartments and stuff. And I'm, I'm in college. I'm like 20 or 21, right? Somewhere around in there. And I remember there was this girl that showed up. She like was from Cookville or whatever. And everybody was talking about her. Cause you know, for chick reasons. Right. And, uh, and I found out that she was in high school still. Right. Yeah. And she yeah, was, gross. she was like 17 or whatever. And immediately it was like from the Chappelle show sketch. I was like, okay, you got to get the fuck out of here, you know? <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, no, she got to go. She can't, she can't be here. Fuck that shit. Right. You know, for like a myriad of reasons. So like, it was like very dominant culturally, but it, people were also, again, just the fact that the term jailbait was used. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like, it's not like people weren't aware, <laughs> right. you know, that well, it dude, was how like, many times? so it was weird. How many times did you hear an adult when you were younger, say the phrase, if there's grass on the field, play ball. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, it. So in their, I know. But, they, but, dude, people would say it out loud in public. And there yeah. was their whole thing of just like, hey, what do you think the age of consent should be? I think if she's got pussy hair, it should be fine. What the fuck? And they would say this in a parking yeah. lot in front of everybody. I think there's an even worse one, but I don't want to bring it up. Not because it's too horrible, but because I can't remember it, I think there's another one exactly like that, but it has to do with like having their period or something. If she, um, it's yeah, it's something like if she can bleed, she can seed or something like that. Yeah, like something, it's, something equally awful. Yeah, it's but, fucking. Yeah. It, it's, it's insane. But anyways, well, anyway, Jeffrey uh, Epstein was like the fucking God emperor of those dudes who that hits yeah. for. Right. But and you I can would, only, you can only be on, you, you can only go to his parties and shit. If you had a billion dollars or a shitload of power, power or a hell of a discography or a number one Hollywood movie or something like that, which is pretty wild. Cause he doesn't seem to have done much of anything else other than be the young pussy guy. Right. He was, well, I mean, he was a New York financier, um, and yeah, so here's, so number one, I would like to preface this by saying, I, I'm certain that there are some people on that list that didn't do anything that didn't do any of that shit. And I only say that because I, I think that if you look at the list, you've got to go, okay, that person only went once. Maybe we should not talk shit about them until we find, because like, the, Chris Tucker was on that fucking list and like, say what you will, but like what Epstein and all them were up to, that's a white man's game. You know what sure. I'm saying? You, I mean, yeah. You heard what, what Cap said though. <laughs> Cap, you know what, uh, what was it Cap said? 
he said he was like the Chris, the Def Jam, Smokey Chris Tucker. That's not the Chris Tucker we have anymore. He's like now we got Epstein's Island Chris Tucker, and he was like, and he, this man was Michael Jackson's best friend. Michael Jackson had a nickname for him. Michael Jackson called him Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. You ever have a man give you a nickname like that? No, no, that's crazy, cat. That's crazy. I don't know how anybody go by that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's uh, a bad. I'm not saying a, any of that. I'm literally just repay. I'm reporting the news here. That's what Cat said. But right. uh, but but so you're right. It is a white man's game because, as the internet has since pointed out, like fucking R. Kelly didn't make the cut. And goddamn, I mean, that's, Lord, that's one. That's one of the memes I have. It's fucking great. It's so uh, funny. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's matter awful, of fact, but it's funny. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it in case we don't get to it later. It's fucking. It, the meme says R. Kelly finding out about Epstein's list, and it's Isaiah Thomas going, "I met the criteria. I don't know why I was selected." Talking about him on the dream team. dream team, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I was qualified. I don't know why I wasn't selected. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. Well, anyway, R. Kelly might have been like. He could have been like the Magic Johnson to Epstein's Larry Bird or something. Do you know what I mean? That's <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> they might have been rivals right. or something. You know, like there was they were at different teams and everything. I don't know. It didn't seem like R. Kelly needed any help facilitating it. That's you know what, what I mean? That's what I'm yeah. saying. He like he was. I think he might have been on Epstein's level in terms of right. facilitating that type of thing. He was so. a grassroots pedophile. Like he yeah, liked to right. keep it all yeah. in house. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he was independent in that regard. Well, yeah. So it's fucking, it's, it's bananas. And so here's, here's a theory that Mark, smart Mark, as you know, from uh, weekly skews, which is Trey's uh, political podcast. That is wonderful. You can watch it live every Tuesday on all of Trey's pages. It's five, uh, Pacific time, Pacific, eight, yep. uh, yeah, and eight uh, Eastern time, or you can get it in podcast form any day of the week and enjoy it. I'm a frequent guest. I'm not saying the shows are better when I'm on, but they're different. Um, so anyways, Smart Mark, we were all talking about the list and like, oh my God, this is fucking crazy between this and the Cat Williams shit. Like this year is wild. Like everyone's getting exposed. And you're correct in that like me and my parents ha who they, you know, they believe different things than I do politically. But we had a long conversation about Epstein's flight log at dinner the other night, and we were all on the same team. Like, it was very unifying because I was just like, you know what? I don't give a shit if they're a D or an R. If they did this shit, fuck them all. I don't want to have nothing to do with them, and I ain't trying to right. defend anybody. I definitely ain't trying to defend someone who was there a hundred times because, like, if someone was there, like, once, I could imagine that, like, you know, the kitty fucking uh, was in a separate, that was like the back of the video store. You know, it probably wasn't like there was, you get people there and it's like, here's some jet skis. Here's some, the best pineapple you've ever had in your life, you know? And then it's like, they kind of give you the, like, whatever the sign is like, mm, 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 you know, and then you, you know, Andrew, Prince Andrew goes over here and does his thing. I, I also, I just want to like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, go to bat for anybody on the Epstein list or whatever. But it is, I do think uh, that unless there's like concrete accusations of that type of thing or whatever, I could see, I mean, you were starting to say it a minute ago about Chris Tucker. It's like, it doesn't necessarily like I've been to, and I know you have too, but like I've been to a couple of like, like typical Hollywood parties, like, and you didn't ask no questions. Bill Maher rap parties and stuff Likewise, like that. I've yeah. been to big Hollywood fundraisers in the Pacific Palisades and stuff like that. And so I can tell you that everyone I've ever been to 
there's always just because it's a Hollywood party. There's always like young, scantily clad women just hanging women, around not girls everywhere. Well, I don't know. It, yeah, I, right. I, that's you know, true. I don't you ever have no fuck idea. with them. I, I like. I've literally never spoken to a single one of them because I've been married the whole time I've been out here. But they're always there and they're always meandering right. around because it's like they're a pe- there's like think however you want to think about it, but it's the fucking truth. There's girls who, for whatever reason, some of them might be being trafficked. I don't know. Some of them I think of their own free will come out to Hollywood and they become one of those people who like you get on those lists, you go to those parties because you're young and good looking, and they're there to try to you know fuck some big producer deal. or whatever yeah. get or just whatever or just like become a sugar baby or whatever the fucking case may be but like they're always around and it's like i said i you know i have no idea how old any of them were i tell, I tell right. you right now none of them i'd be shocked if any of them were over 30 probably more yeah, like right. 25 like they're all young ish so you know you go to some big billionaire fancy party with all these tastemakers and shit like that do you know what I'm saying? Like, also, like, there's always going to be. I can buy that there were people along the way who got invited to some of that shit who had and no just heard idea. Island. Yeah, right. Exactly. Who had no idea that like this type of shit that Prince Andrew or whatever was doing that that was going on, and maybe they found out and were like, "Holy fucking shit, this ain't good." Or maybe and they then never didn't found go out. Or, or, yeah, right. Like, I'm. I don't. I'm not naming any names and saying anybody that happened to. You. I'm just saying I could buy that that did happen. Well, sure, because you know, like, I gave the example um, to my parents. I was like, hey, one time we did a show in Largo, and after the show, one Ron Jeremy, Ron Jeremy yep, comes right, up yes. to us, and we're like, holy shit, the most famous male porn star ever, like without right. question, the most right. famous. And he's like, I enjoyed the show. And we were like, holy shit, we took pictures, we had a good time, asking no questions. Well, I posted them fucking pictures, and like two days later, everybody was like, you know that guy probably raped like 30 women, like there's all these allegations and shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck, no, I didn't. Because like, I just, we just right. got, hey, how you doing? It, things are moving fast. So my point is, is like, Again, if you went to the Epstein Island over a hundred times, ugh, yeah, fuck you. you know what's but going I'm on. Saying, You're going for a reason, right? For sure. I can yeah. understand being a celebrity and one of your buddies goes, Hey, man, I just got a plus one to this private island. Plane rides on us. You come down here. It's a lot of fun. Just not asking right. any questions and going, right. Yeah, I'm a celebrity. Why wouldn't this happen for me? It's sort of like how when we were covering Tiger King, talking about Tiger by the tail and stuff, it's like, I know Joe Exotic's a piece of shit and all this stuff, but if I was hanging out in some casino drinking or whatever, and some dude came up to me and was like, hey, I've got a baby tiger in my hotel yeah. room, and he showed me a picture. He was, we're all going to go up there and party. I got cocaine and baby tigers in my hotel room. You want to come check it out? I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I do. Fuck of yeah. Of course. <laughs> I've definitely tried to cuddle with a baby tiger. I'm a cat person. Of course I'm going to say yes to that, even though I know it's fucked up. So, yeah, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I kind of almost live in fear of somehow one day finding myself in one of those positions like that, just out of I sheer know, oblivious idiocy, because I am that type of person. I mean, not the same thing, but just not not all that long ago i took a picture with jimmy door and posted it publicly you know and people were like <laughs> yeah, yeah. people were like what the fuck man I was it's like, the same know. thing in principle i was like he's been a comedian i was like this dude's been a comedian for 25 years i didn't even know i didn't know what he was doing politically at the time or whatever i just knew he'd been around forever also not for nothing in case people don't know that motherfucker used to be on the young turks and was like a leftist commentator and shit i didn't i hadn't kept up right. with him and so that type of well, thing and the, between that and ron jeremy like yeah, I just feel like I'm going to 
back into something like that. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to be on the well, next again, Epstein's Island, but like just this type of thing, I could just see myself. It's scary to think about my way into, you know, a really bad looking situation because I'm just a trailer park idiot. But anyway, go ahead. Well, again, this isn't near as extreme, but like there's pictures of us hanging out with JD fans out there and yeah. like, you know, we've shared a meal with the guy and like things happen, things change. You don't know. Like you just have no fucking idea. My thought is to think the best of people. And just if, if someone at a show comes up, Hey, I'm so-and-so do you want to take a, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm not. Cause you know how insane it would be if someone, some celebrity came up and goes, Hey, I want to take a picture. I enjoyed the show. If I went, I'm going to need to do a deep Google search on you real quick. And I also right. need to know, did you ever go to Epstein's? Like, you're not going to fucking do that. Uh, right. But y'all had that bit that y'all were running in the, uh, in the, uh, the group chat of how it can, when I, on my cameo, how easy it would be for someone, some nefarious person to get me to say all these horrible things that I didn't yeah. realize were politically horrible just because yeah. I read the no, script and a, go on about my fucking That was life. an actual dream I had. Like I dreamed that that had happened to you and I woke up laughing <laughs> because in the dream I saw you as, the buttercream dream specifically you were talking about that filipino dictator who murders drug dealers from the back of his motorcycle or whatever he's like a horrific right-wing authoritarian <laughs> you did a cameo for yeah. that guy as the buttercream dream wished him a happy birthday talking about a hearty hit and all this stuff <laughs> and then you started and then you started getting raked for because you didn't know who he was and anyway i woke up and it's one of the funnier dreams i've had and anyway i texted y'all about it but it is let's great. get to fucking uh hell on wheels over here um yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let me uh, let me share my fucking. I'm gonna screw this up. I will say I'm 100 percent gonna. I know that like the internet, they took that ball and ran with it uh, as soon as they found out that Stephen Hawking was on the list, and I get why. Yeah. But I have before any of this, and I don't even remember what. Just over the years on the internet and stuff, like I had heard before that Stephen Hawking loved like strip clubs and hookers and shit like that yeah like, hey i i I've had, got a clip on there about it It wasn't a secret to me that he was like a you know a pussy hound as much as you can be when right. you're afflicted with this horrible disease that he's got but um yeah i'd heard that before well i've got a clip on here that i'll play next about that uh i'm glad we're saving this for last because it is a lot it's a lot of video stuff right. so if you it's just true. listen to us maybe pop over to watchpoa.com and check these out yeah. um this was this is a slow burn and i really enjoy it i think you will too epstein and his island boys Oh, God damn it. Is that fucking great? Did you watch them island boys? Uh, no. It, they were like what a viral TikTok. The, those dude, I'm an island boy. That, that, the start of that. You don't know uh -huh. what that is? Or like you... No, never heard of it. It was some these dudes in a pool doing that, and it went like crazy viral on TikTok, and they got like some at least partially internet famous for a little bit. Maybe they still are. I don't know, but it was one of those things. It's one of those moments that I've had so many times in my thirties, where I was like, I am utterly confounded about 
whatever the fuck right. is happening right now because i mean you heard the song Man, that happens the song, so if much you can call it yeah. that like i still to this day don't get it but they were like massively viral right. probably i don't know a couple years ago or something i don't know the island boys dude there's so much the older and it makes sense like the older i get the more i see stuff and i'm like oh my god i'm turning pat i'm either turning this is either a joke that i'm not in on or i'm turning full papaw yeah no, I hear you. Me too. Well, this this one uh, really hit for me too. The caption is, Jeffrey Epstein, can you come tonight? Stephen Hawking, I can't. I'm doing very important research on black hole radiation. Epstein, we got naked midgets, though. Hawking. <laughs> You're only oh, listening. God, it's a dude in a wheelchair going about 60 miles an hour down a highway uh, set to... The soothing sounds of Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit, obviously. Uh, oh no, I've messed up. In what way? Oh, just it's. Uh, I'm having to click so many fucking different things in order to do this. I'm about to give up. But here's a really good one uh, that I liked: Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Stephen Hawking when the midget showed up. <laughs> I hadn't seen that one, bro. That's fucking. That takes some like that. That took like somebody with some skill, right? And fucking CGI. Or I agree. Something. Yeah, I agree. Like that's insane CGI. Uh, here is the one. This is the one I really wanted to play. It's a little bit longer, but it's you were talking about how you had known uh, that Stephen Hawking was about that life, and uh, I didn't. But apparently. Uh, one Robin Williams did. Check this out. It's just to hang out with Stephen Hawking. To... Oh, wow. Nice, nice day, day to hang out with me. <laughs> I love they say, they he, say goes he goes to strip clubs. clubs. That's wild. Yeah. Laptop, Laptop dance. <laughs> now, for me, now work it, girl. Take me to the event horizon. There we, there go, we go now. What a great idea to have now, fun now. You know I want it. Now, now, don't, don't sit on the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Oh, God damn, man. I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, when I saw when I saw that clip of Robin Williams, like, obviously the Stephen Hawking, like Stephen Hawking's been a person for longer than now, but like for two seconds when I saw Robin Williams on Stephen <clears throat> Hawking, I forgot that he was dead. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, oh, he's talking about the, oh, right, never mind. No, he's not. Uh, and it was very, very sad. I missed that dude. What a fucking singular talent. Yeah, I just watched Good Morning Vietnam on a plane recently. Um, and You know, I've you never get, seen that. It's just so, it, like, it's it's good. I, I, I wasn't like, I mean, you know how comedy be and stuff, especially old comedies. Like, it was good. I, it was good. I enjoyed it. I don't regret watching it or nothing, but it ain't going to like blow your fucking socks off or anything. But so much of the humor in it, you can tell it's so obvious, as with so many Robin Williams movies, I guess, which is like, you know, if you hire this guy, what else are you going to do? But it's just so obvious that they just let him roll. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. they were just like, they were like, all right, right. man. Be Robin Williams for the next four minutes or whatever. Right. He does right. that in so many scenes. And um, so it's like a really good showcase of the singular talent that he was, is my point. Like, there were so many times I was watching, I was like, dude, right. this guy was 
one of the fastest motherfuckers of all. And I know that they did. I know they did a bunch of different takes and they kept the hitness one and all that. I Still. get that, but I don't give a fuck. There's a story about him from the taping of one of his movies. I had thought it was that one because there are, you know, it takes place in Vietnam, obviously. And I think every, a couple of times, like a monkey shows up. I, there was a story from him, but some type, <laughs> one of the tapings of his movies, they had monkeys on set and the monkeys were like being unruly. And he like, did a he set them down. for the monkeys and was like murdering yeah. for monkeys. Like he like distracted yeah. the monkeys with stand up. He <laughs> like and it worked. See why? Yeah. Who the fuck else could possibly do Unreal, that? Unreal, man. I'm, I'm like sitting there yelling at the monkey. Like, do you get it? I sound dumb, but I'm not. Do you get it? Fucking. <laughs> Here's a banana. <laughs> like you know, no way I could pull that off, but he did. Hell no. Here's a uh, speaking of comedic talents. Here's the Simpsons tray once again predicting the future. <laughs> uh, did you see that? Yeah, he like he turned into a transformer. It's the second Grabs time we Lisa. Seen- yeah, well, the second time we've seen Stephen Hawking turn into a transformer, uh, and then in, in this one, he uh, he sends a little hook down and grabs Lisa and flies off with her. What was the context of that in the show? Because he like he was on the show, right? I know it's like he's got a robot voice; it's right. easy to fake, but I'm pretty sure that's his actual robot voice. He went and like did it because I remember hearing about that. <laughs> My point being, he had to sign right. off on that, and I feel like if the joke was actually. He's about to rape Lisa. Uh, I don't I know, think, right? I don't think he would have been like, yes, that hits. Let's go with that. You know, like I don't. Oh, <laughs> right. dude, this one. Are I you seeing this? This, one. this one's so. I, this hold one's on, great. let me wait until it starts over. The caption says. This is 64.1 seconds. The caption says Jeffrey Epstein trying to impress 12 year old Zero teenagers. to 60 in 4.1 seconds. It's did you see that sucker over there? Zero, Zero to 60, to 60 in 4.1 seconds. That's so funny, dude. Uh, that oh, is. God. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, one fucking one fucking more, because this is getting difficult, and I'm certain and I'm annoying some people. One fucking more. Hold on. That's all right. We can do it. If any of these people watching this also watch the SKUs, they're used to producer Matt, so you ain't got nothing. You're crushing right. as far as they're concerned. So, uh, okay. And I'd say that to Matt's face, as you all uh, are aware. If you don't listen to SKUs, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but don't worry about it. Stephen anyway. Hawking, after being informed that the island has dwarves. <laughs> that's great the music choice is doing yes, a lot of fantastic. it for me uh that does hit. okay yeah, and no, i don't you... i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go ahead what? no i was just gonna say it's all right you that's your last one because we need to get to airmail anyway because i gotta go here in a couple minutes we do i do want to share i, I do want to share one last thing but it's just my screen it's not a video because this really cracked me up look at this <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's steamboat willie running into the twin fucking tower committing not people 11. have been having a yes. field day yeah yeah steamboat people willie have been having a field day because i can't believe it me neither because i mean for people that don't know uh disney the walt disney company has basically written american copyright law for the past copyright years, law. pretty yeah. much yeah. and it's all based around 
you know, their IP, primarily Mickey Mouse, like the number one thing they did, did not want to happen was Mickey Mouse to enter the public domain. And that concern has like shaped American copyright law for the past century, basically. So Steamboat Willie entering the public domain officially is like genuinely kind of a big deal. So as far as that goes, if you give it a, a huge copyright deal. law and stuff. Yeah. So I want to tell y'all about our friends over at Song Are You ready to tell your special someone what they mean to you, but you can't quite find the words to properly capture your feelings? It's okay. You don't have to be creative. You can just use our friends at Song Finch. Forget generic gifts that just create clutter. Let me recommend a gift to you that's as truly as unique as your relationship, a professionally recorded song crafted just for them. Yeah, yeah. Saying I love you can stir up all types of different feelings, y'all. Easy for some, nerve-wracking for others, but the perfect gift can say it for you, especially when that gift is truly one of a kind and uniquely crafted just for them. And by the way, Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Flowers ain't going to cut it this year. You've done it every year, fellas. Forget the teddy bear, the chocolates, the perfume with Songfinch. You can gift a memory that they'll never forget. Songfinch is the ultimate gift to show how much you care. An original studio quality song inspired by your story that's completely unique, personal, and lasts forever. Songfinch walks you through a simple four-step process. How simple is it? I did it, all right? To create an original song, all you have to do is tell them about who the song's for, provide some personal details, and let them know the type of song you want. Then, pick your favorite song, Finch artist, or get matched with one, and they'll pour their heart into writing, recording, and producing your original song in just four to seven days. It is a quick turnaround, ain't it, Trey? We had some really good luck with song, Finch. It sure is. Yeah, it's a good gift for that special someone. Obviously, in our case, that special someone was all of you airheads out there. That's who we had our song made for, and we hope you enjoyed it half as much as we did. We were so thrilled when we got that back. I mean, y'all know you heard our reaction to it. We were over the moon with our own trap song. Come on, what more can you want? Uh, airhead trap beat going hard like that. It was absolute flames. We could not believe how good it turned out, and I've been recommending it to everybody. It's a, This is one of the coolest services out there. As far as I'm concerned, Cho's already kind of explained to you how it works. Uh, they also have some special add-ons that can help you to commemorate this occasion even more. Like you can get a vinyl record of your song. That's pretty sweet. One-of-a-kind art crafted from the lyrics of your song. Or you can add your song to streaming services so you can more easily surprise your unsuspecting recipient. How rad is that? Songfinch is the only original music platform that guarantees you will love your song or they will work with you until you do. Now, in our case, that required zero work at all because they knocked it out of the park first try. But either way, they stand behind their community of talented artists and every original song they create. So far, over 300,000 of them. This Valentine's Day, put your heart on the line with a studio quality song that's totally unique to your relationship. It only takes four to seven days, but the song will last forever. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song on Spotify for free so you can listen to your favorite song anywhere you go. Just go to songfinch.com slash POA and start your song now. After your purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free. That is a $50 value, y'all. This offer is only available for our listeners at our special URL songfinch.com slash POA that's songfinch.com slash POA don't wait get started on that song right now any Hoosier you got some airmail for us 
I do have some airmail. Subject line, the family guy character. Happy New Year, fellas. Pleasure as always. I had to stop the latest episode mid-sentence to write this, so I'm sorry if it gets cleared up later on. Yes, there was an OG writer at Family Guy called Mike Henry, and Mike yes, Henry. he was the That's voice right. and probably the yeah, and probably the creator of Bruce. Whether he's Southern, I don't know. Anyways, you probably received dozens of emails similar to this. Yeah, he is. He sure is. No, Stay he, fancy. Thank you, Nick. What's weird about that, Nick, is how brains work. I brought him up, and I said I was like they had a character, they had a writer who was a who was a southerner, yada yada, all this stuff, and I couldn't think of his name. You started reading that reading that email, and before you even got to it, it my brain went Mike Henry. The writer's name was Mike Henry. Like I right. couldn't think of it to save my life before, but before, but it, you know, somehow this time when he came up anew, my brain was able to reach into the filing system and pull that out somehow. It's, brains be wild, and but he yeah, is Mike, southern. 100% for sure. He was the one I was thinking of nice. and talking about. I love that. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where in right, the South, last... but he's definitely Southern. Yeah. Here's a, one last one because it's fucking long, but I want to read it. Subject line, gingering the king and spritzing the jersey. I was wondering if any of the royal butt wipers ever attempted to ginger the king. If he did, I hope he could run fast. The topic of gingering the horses reminded me of some of the practices I saw at the World Dairy Expo several decades ago. This event takes place in Madison, Wisconsin, and it truly is a big deal. Cows of the universe, hordes of visitors, and there were dozens of nationalities present, especially the Japanese. I have since learned that the Japanese have an all-surpassing love of beef, but the expo was specifically for dairy breeds. As the daughter of a dairy farmer, I know that cows need a lot of space for grazing, and Japan is an overcrowded island, so I couldn't help wondering where our oriental cousins were planning to stash the cattle. Were they hoping to find origami cows? That would have been efficient. At night, you could just flatten them, drop them into a folder, and store them in a filing cabinet. Oh, really, really. Uh, How high is this here. person? So, Lord. <laughs> no, but I love so, so, on to the secret tricks of making sure that your critter looked her best. Some of these things I might have known if I had been a member of 4-H, but I was a godless Bolshevik who didn't want anything to do with it. I devoted my summers to sitting in a tree reading books. My parents were delighted. One of the sad truths about the 4-H is that the kids who win the most blue ribbons have parents who do most of the work. Plus, mm. there are too many ways to be humiliated by a cow in public. Don't get me started. Anyways, I saw one young man with an aerosol can who was spraying the butthole of a Jersey heifer with some sinister mist, so I asked my brother to explain precisely what the hell that was all about. His explanation was that the chemical, whatever it was, caused the animal to clench her anal muscles, which resulted in her walking and presenting herself in a way that was pleasing to the judges. I was about to make a sarcastic comment about adding eyeliner and mascara when I saw yet another exhibitor painting the hooves of his cow with black paint. More impressive was the sight of still another exhibitor shaving his cow's bag with an electric razor. The bag is covered with a fine coating of hair, Remarkably like peach fuzz, but leaving it unshaven is apparently something that is not done. One would need a steady hand and a placid cow. 
tranquilizers have been involved. So they fucking knock cows out and shave their nutsack. The next morning, my brother would not let me finish my breakfast or my coffee because according to him, we had to get to the arena right away. 15 minutes later, we sat in a nearly empty stands. There was not a cow to be seen, only a troop of bell ringers practicing God bless America. I was trying to drink coffee from a cardboard container while balancing a cinnamon bun the size of a mothership from close encounters of the third kind. I asked when my nephew's show was scheduled, and he said 10 o'clock. Uh, wow, this is 900 paragraphs long, and I love it, but uh, we'll end there. But yeah, I don't know if you know, Trey, but aerosol can to the cow's butthole makes them walk in a way that hits for the Japanese. I mean, apparently that is the cow version of gingering. So, you know, it must be a, uh, yep. a universal concept in the in the world of livestock. I did also know that the Japanese fucking love cow. You know, I mean, that's where Wagyu and yeah, Kobe do. beef comes from and stuff right. like they got like the hitness cows on earth, evidently. And, and they I love cowboys. They to, I don't think they have to fold them up like paper neither because, you know, there's more space on this on this planet than people realize. The, the, the Japanese That's shove true. themselves into like a relatively small area and they leave some room on the hillsides for the cows. Yeah. I believe. They sleep in filing cabinets, I've heard. They do, pretty much, yeah. But the cows, they got yeah. countryside over there and they're allowed to do it. I bet they got like Japanese hillbillies and stuff. They're probably some wild sons of bitches. Anyway, I got to go. Of course so they do. Trey, so plug go, your dates. Go to, Go to TreyCrowder.com and come see me. I got Charlottesville, then Florida, then Indy and D.C. and Virginia and stuff coming up. So, yeah, TreyCrowder.com. Come see me. I appreciate it. Buy our book, Round Here and Over Yonder. Go to BonusCorey.com and subscribe to my Substack, And also book me on Cameo for a unique holiday gift. Stay fancy, motherfuckers. Like, subscribe, download, tell all your friends we love you. See you, bye. Lovely. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Royalty rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit today. We'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at savewithconrad.com.